Hey, this is Paul Doherty. I'm the pastor of Victory Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today on the podcast. I hope this message inspires you. I hope it builds your faith. I hope it reminds you that God is not finished with you yet, and your best days are right in front of you. Enjoy the message. What do you hear? What voices are you listening to? This past year on news and social media and late night talk shows and early morning talk shows, there was a debate going on about what people heard when a certain word was played. Some people heard one name, some people heard another name. I was watching these shows and I was like, it is clearly not what they are hearing right there. How many of y'all know you can all listen to the same thing but hear something different than the person next to you, right? So the debate was, it's kind of like, you know, is the dress gold or is the dress blue? But the debate was, do you hear Laurel or do you hear Yanny? Right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a vote right here in church because I'm pretty sure that everyone who thinks what I don't think is completely wrong on this, but I wanna hear what you hear. So go ahead and play the audio clip. We're gonna take a vote on what you just heard. Laurel, 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 Laurel. Okay, stop it. How many of y'all heard Laurel? How many of y'all heard Yanny? What, are you kidding me? No, you are wrong. I'm just kidding. I love you. But for real, clear tone. You need to get some hearing aids. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's interesting how we can all be listening to the same thing, but hear something different, right? And and in our culture, there's so many words that are being spread, things that are being said. And if you're not careful, if your ears are not in tune, you can hear something totally different than being said Jesus seven different times in the scriptures said, he who has ears, let him hear. He said it seven different times. In other words, it's possible to have ears and not hear. It's possible to have your ears so clogged up that you're missing what's being said. Revelation 2 verse 19 says, he who has ears, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church. It is so important in this season right now, in our lifetime, that we pay attention to what we're listening to. What we listen to really does determine how we live our life, how we behave, how we move. How many of y'all like to listen to music? Come on. When I listen to music, my feet start moving, right? The the right beat in my ears can, can literally turn my feet into dancing. Just play a beat for me back there. Yeah. Y'all don't know, I used to be a part of a hip-hop dance team. I'm just kidding, turn it off. Y'all don't know, I rewrote all the songs out there and turned them into Christian songs. (laughs) I'm like, why is he playing that devil music? Listen. Music has power. It literally does. It it turns something on and your body starts to move. The things you listen to, the voices that you listen to. How many of you guys hear voices sometimes in your head? This is a good time to raise your hand because most of us are. Your pastor sometimes hears voices in his head, right? Sometimes I hear a good voice. Sometimes I hear a not so good voice. Sometimes I hear a voice that's like, yeah, do that crazy illustration and climb up on top of that thing over there. And then there's another voice that's like, don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to make yourself a fool in front of everybody. You're going to embarrass yourself. Then I hear a healthy voice sometimes in my head, like eat salad today. Don't drink Mountain Dew, 
right? Don't eat that cake. Then I hear the comfort food voices like, eat another pizza. Go ahead and eat the whole large pizza and get some wings and ranch and Mountain Dew. Come on, how many of y'all, you hear the comfort food voice combating the healthy food voice? Well, I, I hear this on a regular basis. And thankfully, oftentimes I will yield Maybe not oftentimes, but sometimes I will yield to the healthy food voice, but this is a regular battle in my head, which voice to listen to. I recorded this this last week, which voice to listen to with the food that I eat. Check this out. Man, I am so hungry right now. I could really go for a pepperoni pizza. No, Paul, don't do it. Why did you have to show up? You're trying to lose weight. I you know. haven't worked out. I haven't worked out, I get it. It's midnight. <laughs> I know it's midnight and it's not the best time to eat a large pizza. I'm only gonna eat like half of it. Poof. I'm the guy you wanna listen to. You deserve this, you earn this. You work so hard, bro. You need to have pizza, ranch, Mountain Dew, and some chicken wings. Let's do this, come on. You don't wanna eat that. I'm telling you, just eat a bowl of cereal. It will be enough. Wait till tomorrow. Please don't eat this late and don't eat that large pizza. Yeah, you yeah. earned it. You haven't had a midnight pizza in like four days. Come on, let's do this. What should I do? I'm so confused right now. Come on, how many have ever been there before where you hear the healthy voice and the comfort food voice and you're conflicted. Should I eat the cake or should I not eat the cake? Should I have this midnight ice cream or should I not have the ice cream? And it's important that we do pay attention to the voices that we're listening to because those voices really do determine how we live our life. Did you know God wants to speak to you on a daily basis? God wants to talk to you. And I've heard Christians say, man, you know, God doesn't talk to me. He talks to pastors. He talks to like really, you know, perfect, righteous people. And, and, uh, and, and, but he's not going to talk to me. I've made too many mistakes. I've got, you know, my mind's too messed up for him to talk to. No, no, he wants to talk to you. Think about the reasoning. If God sent his son to die on the cross for you, why would he not send his son to talk to you? People who say he doesn't want to talk to me, that's like saying, well, well, let's imagine that you're a parent and your biggest dream is to have children. And when your children are born, you go, I'm not going to talk to them. I'm not going to talk to them. No, no, that was your dream. God's dream was to have a relationship with you. God's dream was not just that you would uh, have a relationship with God through your pastor or through another leader or through your parents. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. And what is a relationship without fellowship? What is a relationship without communication? A relationship suffers when, when there's not communication happening. When's the last time you heard God's voice? And how do you hear God's voice? You know, I, I think there's really two different groups of believers when it comes to the idea of hearing God's voice. There's, there's one group that is, you know, like, I, I never hear God's voice. Church becomes a religious activity. I come on Sundays. The pastor talks to me about whatever God has to say. And that's the only time I might hear not actually God's voice, but a pastor's voice who heard God's voice. And so that's my life. I don't really have a quiet time, a devotional time. I don't ever hear God speaking to me. I can't remember if God has ever spoken to me. That's one group over here. Then there's another extreme group that's like, 
God talks to me about every single thing. He told me what cereal to eat this morning. Don't eat the Cocoa Puffs. Eat the Raisin Bran. God tells me, you know, what movie to go see this weekend. Go see Mission Impossible. Go get some popcorn before the movie. God talks to me about what shirt to buy. Get the white shirt. Get the black shirt. Get the belt. God tells me when to buy another dress. Get that next dress. Park in that parking spot. It's just ongoing chatterbox God going on, you know, with every little thing. And somewhere in the middle is a healthy balance that God does want to speak to you specifically on things that, that have to do with your future, that have to do with the people that are going to be impacted by the decisions you make. And a lot of us are making decisions without listening to what God has to say, without inclining our ears to hear what God is saying. Jesus said in John 10, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. In other words, if I'm a follower of God, then I should be hearing the voice of God. If you're not hearing the voice of God, my question to you is, have you really surrendered to God? Because God is speaking and his sheep hear his voice. And it doesn't say my sheep hear my voice and they negotiate with me on what to do. My sheep hear my voice and they bend the rules a little bit and ignore some of my warning signs in that relationship. My sheep hear my voice, but they're not always following my, no, it says my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. So when my ear is inclined to hear God's voice, that means I'm obedient. Someone who hears God obeys God. Jeremiah 7 says that the people of God became stubborn in their hearts. They did not incline their ear to God, and they moved backwards instead of moving forwards. How important is it to hear God's voice in this hour, in the daily activities of your life? You could be moving forwards or backwards based on how much you listen to what God has to say. Now, I don't think he's just gonna talk to you all the time about cereal. I think your weight should talk to you about cereal. Right, whether you should eat the Cocoa Puffs or the Raisin Bran. I don't know if he's gonna talk to you about buying popcorn before a movie or you know, which parking spot to take at Walmart, but I will say he'll talk to you about parenting. He'll talk to you about how to treat your spouse. Some people think God only talks to me on the big rock decisions like who to marry. God wants to talk to you about how to stay married too. He wants to talk to you about how to treat your husband, how to treat your wife. He wants to, he wants to weigh in on you making that big purchase without checking with that spouse and you're thinking, well, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission and he can just deal with it and get over it. Or she. Maybe I just touched something. It got a little, I heard a little giggling going on like, yeah, you did that this week. You bought that couch. You bought that boat, whatever. But listen, <laughs> God wants to talk to you because those choices, those decisions, they lead us to places. And I think sometimes our ears are so inclined to hear sermons that make us feel happy. This is what 2 Timothy chapter four said, in the last days, people will find teachers that make them, um, that, that speak to their itching ears. It's like, you know, we develop ears to hear candy sermons. So when we hear like a meat sermon, we're frustrated, we're bored, we're taking bathroom breaks every three minutes during the message, getting up, walking out. And it's like God saying, can you sit still and listen to a sermon that's healthy for your body and healthy for your spirit and healthy for your future? Can you not just crave the candy sermons and can you digest something that's of substance for your life? I don't really have any more props. This message is very simple, but I believe it's a word that could change your life. So Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us. God, even as I'm speaking, I pray that you would whisper to the ears of every person in the room God, things that they are about to do, decisions they're about to make, God, 
Let them hear your voice and heed your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1 Samuel chapter three, in those days, it was rare for people to hear from God. This is in the Old Testament. For some reason, times had become so toxic and the nation had become so divided and there was such an intense you know, uh, darkness that was covering the, the nation that people weren't listening to God. People weren't following God's voice. And it says in verse one of 1 Samuel chapter three that this little boy Samuel would minister before the Lord, before the priest Eli. If you wanna hear God's voice, you gotta get in God's house. Samuel was going into God's house. He was living in God's house. He was placing himself in an atmosphere to hear God's voice. Environment is essential if you wanna hear God's voice. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. In verse two, it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his usual place and his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. Now, I think that's an important scripture. Don't skip over that. Eli was a man of God. He was old. He had spent most of his lifetime serving God as a priest. If anyone was gonna hear from God, people would say, Eli. Eli's gonna hear from God. He's the man that's gonna hear from God. Not some little boy. Can I tell you that God speaks to children just as much as he speaks to adults? And sometimes children are a lot faster to obey God than adults are. It's like we're so stubborn and old and prideful in our own ways that we don't wanna follow what God's trying to ask us to do. But kids, they have this childlike faith. And God was looking for someone who was listening. Eli, who lived in God's house, was a priest in God's house, had stopped hearing God's voice. It's possible to be in God's house all the time and miss his voice. Eli was there, and he was losing his vision for the nation of Israel. He was losing his strength, his energy. Why? Because he had not heeded God's last instructions. God stops speaking to you when you stop listening and obeying what he last said. You wanna hear what God has to say for your future? Obey what he said in your past. You want God's concealed will? Start obeying his revealed will. I don't know who I should marry. Yeah, but you do know how you should live your single life right now and stop sleeping around with every boy that you meet. Well, I just wish God would speak to me on my money. Well, he already did in the Bible about tithing and integrity and honesty and paying your taxes. All right, so we want God to speak to us on specific things, but we aren't even practicing what he's already said. So this is where Eli had, be, had grown dull in hearing God's voice. And in verse three, it says, the lamp of God had not gone out yet. And when I saw that this week, something just jumped off the pages. Thomas Edison had not yet invented electricity in this moment. This was not a lamp, this was a fire candle. In other words, it was rare to hear from God in that day, and yet the fire of God was still burning. The flame is still burning, searching for someone who would catch the fire. Someone who would acquire the fire of God. And so Samuel is in the house, and it says he was sleeping near the Ark of the Covenant. Samuel wanted to be as close to the presence of God as possible. And I get excited about people who are hungry to worship, who linger a little bit in the house of God, who aren't just so fast and say, give me the one hour service and get me out of here because I got more important things to do than hear from God. Really? You know where that leads you? Not anywhere good. If we would humble ourselves and say, maybe God's more important than the Dallas Cowboys today. 
Maybe God's more important than another Mazio's pizza and chicken wings by noon. Maybe God deserves a little bit more of my time and energy that I would linger in his presence. And so here he is, Samuel's there. And all of a sudden a voice comes in. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel wakes up and he comes into Eli's room and he says, here I am, you called me. And Eli looks at him, he's like, go back to sleep, I didn't call you, right? He interrupted Eli's sleep. I've been there before, my four-year-old comes in my room at 2 a.m. at night, daddy, mommy. And I pretend like I don't hear him, so Ashley will put him to sleep. <laughs> Come on, do you hear what I hear? No, I don't, I'm sleeping, I don't hear it. And Ashley walks him back, no, I'm just kidding, I help out too. So Eli says, just go back to sleep, son. Just go back to sleep. Come on, I'm tired. Just go back to sleep. Nobody called you. And a second time, Samuel, Samuel. Just imagine the darkness that night. There's a little candle still flickering. The fire is still burning. Eli's sleeping, but Samuel, he's waking up. He's waking up. You called me. No, 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 I didn't call you, Samuel. Go back to sleep. A third time, Samuel, Samuel. He wakes up, comes to Eli. You called me. I keep hearing my name. You, you called me. And all of a sudden, Eli realizes something. I think it's important that when we read a Bible story, we realize why the author felt it was necessary to tell these details in the story. Samuel could have just given us the story that, you know, one night God spoke to me, I woke up and I heard what he had to say, but Samuel gave us a process that four different times God called Samuel and three times Samuel didn't know it was him. It takes a process to learn God's voice. It takes time to understand what's God and what's not God. When God is speaking and when it's just someone in your life that's trying to emotionally manipulate you when it's God or when it's the burrito you ate last night. <laughs> so the fourth time, now Eli tells Samuel, if you hear your name again, this time say, speak Lord, your servant is listening. We need multi-generational connection here. Eli was telling Samuel how to learn how to hear God's voice. Even though Eli was kind of distant from God, Eli still knew how to hear from God. We need to hear some stories and understand how this all works. This is a multi-generational church, right? And we need to hear each other. Hey, how did you hear from God on that financial decision? How did you hear from God? We need to learn that. So Eli says, here's what you do. So now the fourth time, Samuel hears his voice. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel says, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. In verse 11, God said, Samuel, what I'm about to do in your nation is gonna make all the ears of everyone in your nation tingle. It's interesting that what God had to speak to Samuel's ears referred to the ears of Israel because the nation had grown dull in their hearing. 30 million Americans right now are suffering from hearing loss in both ears. We start to lose our ability to hear when we start tuning out things we don't want to hear. There was a gathering of the United Nations that came to New York City and they were meeting together, all people from different nations, different tribes, and there was a Native American man who had been trained in the wilderness to track animals. He went out to go and get a bite to eat with another participant from England, and they were walking down the streets and it was noisy, radios were blaring, 
Police sirens were going off. Taxis were honking their horns. People were shouting, Times Square. There's screens everywhere, LED screens, so much noise and busyness. And the Native American looks at the Englishman and he says, did you hear that? Did you hear that? And the man said, hear what? There's so much noise. He said, I just heard a cricket. And the man laughed. He's like, you are crazy. There is no way you could hear a cricket with all of this noise. And he goes, shh. And he starts walking. And he crosses the street to the other side of the street. And he finds a cup. And he lifts up the cup. And sure enough, there was a little cricket. And he holds it up and shows the man. The man runs over. He goes, how in the world did you hear that cricket with all of this noise? And he said, oh, it's simple. We hear what we want to hear. Our ears hear what they are inclined to hear. And he said, watch. And he pulled out of his pocket a bunch of quarters, nickels, and dimes. And he dropped them on the busy streets of New York City. And within one second, every eyeball within 50 feet turned and looked at the coins on the road. And he said, see, most people listen and hear what they're anxious to hear. What are you listening for? Money talks. And some of us are listening to money more than we're listening to God. Some of us are more in tune with politics than we are with God. Some of us are more excited to talk about girls than we are about God, talk about boys, talk about sports, than we are to hear the voice of God in our lives. How do I know if it's God's voice? How do I know when the shepherd is speaking to me? John 7, Jesus said, test everything that you hear to make sure that it is the voice and the will of God for your life. I wanna give you real quickly seven ways to know if it's God's voice. Number one, is it agreeable with the Bible? Does it agree with the Bible? Is the decision you're about to make, does it agree with God's word? God's will will never contradict God's word. God will never ask you to do something that his word disagrees with. So someone here, maybe you're single or, or uh, maybe you're married and you're thinking, you know, I just, I just wanna have sex with somebody, right? And, and you're like, I really feel like God said I could have sex with, with whoever I want. Um, and you walk up to someone and you're like, God told me we could have sex together. That's not God, because <laughs> God's word is pretty clear about sex. It is a holy thing, it's a God idea, it's not a bad idea, but it's right inside the covenant of marriage. Well, I think God told me I could leave my spouse because I'm really not happy. Like, they're not making me happy. And I'm pretty sure God's the one that told me to do that. God has a lot to say about marriage, and, and one of the, the clauses is not to leave when you're unhappy. Well, God told me I don't have to pay my taxes anymore. Like, you know, there's, there's nothing in God's word. Oh, yeah, let's go to the story about Jesus and Peter. Pay your taxes. <laughs> give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. Well, God said I could cut corners in my business, you know? Like, I think he, he wants me to get get places fast, you know, make, make really quick money, so I'm gonna take some shortcuts. That's not God's will. If you really wanna know what God's saying, line it up with God's word. Is the decision or idea that you have in your heart, does it really come from God or is it yours? And if it's yours, you better own it and stop acting like God told you to do it. If it's not in his word, it's not his will. Galatians 1 verse eight says, anyone who tries to add to this, including myself, Paul said, or even if an angel shows up and says, 
you guys didn't get it all in there. You need to add five more books and start a new denomination with the extra books that I just gave you on top of these books because this isn't enough. Paul said, let them be accursed because everything you need is already in God's word. Right now, in a lot of churches across America, there's people that are changing the scripture, saying this is outdated, this is boring, doesn't work anymore, half of this is poetic, let's stop believing like God actually created the earth in that amount of time, let's stop believing that he actually, you know, Jonah was swallowed by a whale, or Noah built an ark in the flood, and a lot of people are denying scripture today, and can I just tell you, that's a pathway towards false doctrine that's gonna lead you astray further and further from God. I know you might call me old-fashioned, I'm a young man with an old man's mind, but listen, I think the word of God has everything I need for my marriage, for my finances, for our church. Everything we need to do what God's called us to do is already in the book. Number two, does this idea make me more like Christ? How do I know if it's God's voice? Does it make me more like Christ? Philippians 2 verse 5 says, take on the mindset, the heart of Christ. What would Jesus do? Now I'm thinking about doing this. I'm thinking about going here. I'm thinking about buying this. And you know, they could just deal with it. They could just deal with it. Does it make you more like Christ? Christ wouldn't just make people feel hurt by his decisions. Well, you know, God's telling me that I should, you know, just get offended at you, Paul, and take a handful of people with me and go start my own church right across the street and try to divide the church because, you know, God's into division. No, he's not. And that doesn't make us more like Christ when we divide his church, when we stir up strife. Well, God said, you know, we could talk about this person because they're in sin and it's okay to gossip about them. No, that doesn't make you more like Christ. Slandering other people, gossiping, dividing people, stirring up hurt, hatred. Number three, would this hurt somebody else? How do you know if God's speaking to you? He will never tell you to do something that hurts other people. Would this hurt somebody else? Just because you have an idea that helps you doesn't mean it's an idea that helps everybody else. I got this idea, and once I do this, I'm gonna be so in charge and superior, and everyone else is gonna be inferior, and they're gonna feel my pain, and I'm gonna be awesome, and God's gonna exalt me above all other people. That's not God's will for you to become a dictator, for you to hurt a bunch of other people. It was not God's will for Hitler to do what Hitler did. It's never God's will for someone to come in and kill other people or dehumanize other people or hurt other people. Don't ever think that God's gonna tell you to do something that's gonna injure other people. Number four, is it consistent with how God shaped me? God won't ask me to do something that he has not shaped me and equipped me to do. God has made you unique. God has made me unique. God has not made you just like everybody else. I love how one pastor uh, explained the word shape. S, spiritual gift. H, heart. A, abilities. P, personality. E, experiences. In other words, there is a shaping in your life that equips you to do what you are gifted to do. Just because you love to do something doesn't mean you are shaped to do it. There are businessmen that would like to be pastors, yet you are not shaped to be a pastor. You are shaped to fund the kingdom of God. There are pastors that would like to be businessmen, and yet they are not shaped to be that businessman. God has shaped them to pastor the church. God has shaped some of you in this room to be coaches, teachers, electricians, doctors, dentists. God has not shaped me to be the pilot of your airplane. If you were like, Paul, 
I know you love to fly. And since you love to fly, we're going to let you fly our airplane. Don't do it. Don't let me get in the cockpit. Because I might try it. I'm a little wild. I might get in the cockpit. Don't, don't let me fly your airplane. I am not shaped to be your pilot. Y'all are like, Paul, you like to dance. You like, you like beats. We know you're not that good at beats, but you like beats. And we know you like to dance. You're not that good at it, but you love it. So we're going to let you be the drummer for the church. Don't put me back there. I'm going to mess up the whole worship set. I'm not shaped to be a good drummer. I don't understand rhythm. My clap oftentimes gets off. My, my dancing is embarrassing to my family. God will not ask you to do something he's not shaped you to do. You need to ask yourself, man, am I really shaped to do what I'm excited right now to do? Romans 12 verse 6 says God has given each of us different abilities so that we can do certain things well. I can't do everything well, but I can do one or two things well. If I try to do everyone's job, I become average at the thing God's called me to be excellent in. Focus on where you can be excellent. Number five, does it concern my responsibility? Does it concern my responsibility? In other words, let's stop trying to be the Holy Spirit for everybody else. We got to pay attention to our own responsibilities enough. I got enough things on my plate that I've got to be concerned about. You know, I can't try to dictate and control everyone else's decisions. There's a lot of people that, that love to hear God's voice for others. <laughs> I remember when I was serving my, my sister Ruthie and my brother-in-law Adam, and they were the youth pastors, and I was a volunteer, and man, I just heard God speaking on what was best for our youth group. And I came to Ruthie, and I came to Adam, I said, okay, God told me you're supposed to do this for the youth group. And they were like, oh, has God delegated the responsibility of the youth group to you? I'm going to go tell daddy. Dad, fire them. And you know what my dad said? Paul, you are not responsible for the youth group, so shut your mouth. <laughs> I think sometimes we're trying to boss people around and control decisions. Well, God told me what you're supposed to do with the church. Well, pray that God tells your pastor too, because I got to carry the responsibility of it. God told me what, you're, what my, spou my spouse is supposed to give our dogs away. Let's stop trying to control everybody else's decision and act like dictators and say, I'm in control here. You better listen to me. If it's not your personal responsibility, take your hands off of it. And if you hear God speaking about it, that's one thing that's good. How do I know if God's spoken to me to speak to somebody else about something that they're responsible for to change? The first thing you should do is not open your mouth and start talking. The first thing you should do is open your mouth and start praying. If I think I've heard God say something to me to tell Jeff Guter, I'm not just going to run over there and be anxious to say, God told me, Jeff, you're supposed to give me your car. <laughs> and Jeff's like, God hasn't told me that yet, and I'm responsible for that car. What I need to do is pray. Lord, I pray that you tell Jeff to give me his car. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Don't give me your car. I'm good. I'm good, Jeff. I'm good. Keep your car. So before you go running and trying to tell somebody what God told you to tell them to do with what they're responsible for, just pray over it. I had one guy tell me when I was a teenager, you're going to marry my daughter. I was like, really? God hasn't spoken to me on that, and I think I'm responsible for myself here. Yeah, well, God told me you're going to marry her. And it wasn't Ashley's dad. It was someone else's dad. <laughs> and I had to look at him and say, please do not try to control my future. 
it's okay for you to say, man, I feel like I've heard God on something, but I could totally have not heard God on something. So I, before I even try to tell you, I'm just going to pray if God even wants me to tell you. And then I'm going to wait for a little. I'm going to be patient before I'm anxious to tell somebody something. And then thirdly, if I do say it and it's actually from God, it will be a confirmation in your spirit. And it will not feel like some wacky surprise like, man, we haven't even been thinking about that. And then we step back and go, okay, well, maybe I, maybe I didn't hear it. But I'm just, I, I just got to be obedient with what I felt in my spirit. Number six, is it convicting or condemning? Seven questions to ask when it comes to hearing God's voice. Is it convicting or condemning? Number six, because God will not speak with condemnation. Condemnation comes from Satan. Conviction comes from God. Romans 8 verse 1 says, there is now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When you have Jesus, he's not going to come in with condemnation on decisions you're making or decisions you've made. I want to just show you just kind of a, a little graph here of conviction versus condemnation. Conviction is from God. Condemnation is from Satan. Conviction says, this is wrong and this needs to change. Condemnation attacks your value, says you're worthless. You blew it. Condemnation brings regret, shame, and guilt. Conviction brings repentance and forgiveness. The second I repent when I'm convicted, when I, when I'm convicted by the Holy Spirit, when I repent, I hear God's forgiveness. There have been times as a father where my kids just were getting so rowdy and I reacted with like just upset in the moment and I, I might have just raised my voice a little too loud, you know, and, um, and I, I felt like God said, go back and apologize to your kids. And I'll go back and I'll say, hey, I am sorry I raised my voice, Liam. And he'll say, it's okay, daddy. You're still my best daddy ever. And I'm like, oh. Now, if I leave that conversation and I'm still feeling guilty and ashamed and regretful, that's not the voice of God. That is, that's dad shame. That's mom guilt, mom shame. You need to shake that dust off and say, that's not from God. God forgives me and I need to forgive myself. I'm moving on from my mistake. How many are thankful that God moves forward from your mistakes? All right, now you need to move forward from your mistakes. Don't hold it over your head. This is not a message to stir up condemnation. This is a message to recognize God's voice loves you. He's for you. He's a good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Number seven, do I sense peace about this? Do I sense God's peace about this idea, this decision? God does not move with paranoia. He does not move you with anxiety. He does not push you with a stressed out, you know, panic, worry type of spirit. He leads you with peace. Peace that passes all understanding. Peace. God wants to talk to you on the daily matters. Even in the last month, I've heard God speaking to me about how I parent our kids. We have three children at home right now. It is wild and rowdy. And there are days where I am tired and I just want to go to sleep as soon as I can. And there have been times where my four-year-old or three-year-old will tug on my leg and say, Daddy, 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 will you read me more stories? And everything inside me is like, no, it is a godly thing for me to go to sleep right now. I will be a better man if I just sleep right now. There have been times where my wife wants to talk to me and I'm exhausted from the day and I'm like, no, it's not a good idea to talk right now. I'm just tired and... And yet there's a prompting in my heart. 
where God will say, stay up and talk with your kids. You won't regret it. Just, just go up to, I know you're tired, Paul, but just spend 10 minutes with Benny right now. And you might say, well, God doesn't talk to you about the little things like he does. He talks to you about how you parent. He talks about how you treat your spouse. Hey, go back and apologize to Ashley. Go back and say you're sorry to AJ. Go back and make things right there. Why? He wants to save you the hurts and the wasted time of you doing things your own way. And God sees a bigger picture. He knows that those little moments that I spend with Benny and Liam are discipling my boys. My most important ministry is my family. And God's saying, Paul, I know you're tired from ministering at the church, but don't give your family leftovers. And if you'll go up those stairs and just sit in his room, I'll give you the energy to stay awake. I've found that when I listen to God, God gives me fresh strength to obey his voice. If you'll listen to God on those little things and those big things, who to date, what boundaries to set in your dating relationship, who to invite as mentors into your life. God wants the best for you. God wants the best for your family, for your finances. God speaks to Ash and I on our finances. When it's time to give an extra seed, when it's time to sow into somebody else. This last week, one of our members, her, her apartment burned down in a fire. It was on the news this last week. And, uh, and as a church, we were praying, what can we do for? And out of the blue, God just spoke to my heart, give her $10,000 as a church. Let's just come around. She's a single parent mom with four kids all by herself, little baby, she's trying to raise them. So church, we're gonna bless this woman. There's times where God will speak to you on different things. And you might go, well, Paul, how do you know that wasn't the devil telling you to bless her? How do you know that wasn't just, you know, your personal idea? God will speak to you in ways that glorify him, help others, pave a path of compassion. I wanna end just with one last story here. In Genesis 22, Verse one, God shows up to Abraham and he says, Abraham, take your son, your one and only son, and bring him to the altar on the mountain and offer him as a sacrifice. And it says in verse three, immediately Abraham obeyed God. There was no negotiating, there was no reasoning, there was no dragging his feet, he just obeyed. And he started stepping towards the mountain. He started walking on a word from God. His ears were inclined to hear God's voice. He takes his son Isaac and his servants. They, they load up the donkeys. In verse four, he comes to the mountain. In verse five, he tells his servants, you stay here, me and the ladder, going up to the mountain to worship, and we will come back. Somehow Abraham had a faith knowing that God's gonna show up. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know where. I'm going on a word that I've heard in the past, and I'm believing that I'm gonna hear a word in the future that God's gonna show up. Because right now, I'm, I feel like I'm killing my dream. I feel like I'm killing my future right now. And yet I trust that God has a plan. So he's walking. What Abraham doesn't see is on the other side of the mountain, as Abraham takes a step, God's got the provision lined up taking another step. I think God sees from the big picture, as Abraham and Isaac walk, the ram is walking up the mountain. And so Abraham gets to the top of the mountain and he still doesn't see the provision. And Isaac says, here's the wood, here's the fire, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham starts strapping his son to the thing. He's like, God will provide a sacrifice. I just wanna know what's going through Isaac's mind at this moment right now. Because I'd be like, what? <laughs> Dad, what's going on here? I know we had a fight, but please. So Isaac's laying there, Abraham lifts up the knife, and God interrupts Abraham. Imagine if Abraham was not listening to God in that moment. He would have killed his future. 
Some of you are riding off of a word that you've heard in the past and God's saying, hey, I've got a fresh word right now. Bring that dream back off the altar. I've got something. I'm telling you, there's a change of plans here. God was saying, don't do it. Don't touch your son. This was never a test about your son. This was a test about your ears. I was just checking to see if you were listening to me. Now I know you will obey. And God says, I've provided a ram in the thicket. He stops Abraham. The ram shows up. Abraham names that place Jehovah Jireh. My God shall provide all of my needs. And God speaks to Abraham in verse 16. He says, Abraham, because you obeyed me, I swear to you, I swear that you have obeyed. You have not withheld your son. God didn't need Abraham's son. God had a plan for his own son. But God said, Abraham, because you obeyed, verse 17, he says, in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants will possess the gate of their enemies. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you, don't miss these last five words, you obeyed my voice. You have obeyed my voice. God wants us to obey his I want you to stand your feet all over this place. God is speaking to you. He's speaking to you. And before I dismiss today, I, I really feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me to say this. About eight years ago, seven years ago, seven years ago, I saw a movie, a documentary about Michael Jackson. I know this is not spiritual at the altar right now. But this is, this is spiritual, what's, what God's going to say. I was, I was watching, it was interesting, it was telling his whole life story, but they were interviewing a director and the director said, we were shooting one of his biggest music videos and Michael just kept dancing all over. I mean, he was like the greatest dancer, artist of his time and the director said, I had to stop him and I pulled him over to the side and said, MJ, we all know you can dance. You are the most gifted person in the, in, in the world right now. We know you can, you can dance all over this room, dance all over the stage, but Michael, what you don't know is that I have pre-lit steps for you. And I've, pre I've gone before you, Michael, and I have lit up the steps that you're to step on. And if you don't step on those steps, you're not going to see what you want to see in the end result of this project. So if you will trust what I have already lit up, you will step in the right steps. If you will follow the lights. And what I hear God saying is, I've gone before you, Paul. I've gone before you, Sharon. I've gone before you, Victory. I have pre-lit steps for your relationships. I have pre-lit steps for your fine. I have pre-lit steps for parenting. I have pre-lit steps for who to marry. I've, I have pre-lit If you will listen, if you will stop and ask the director of your life, where should I be stepping? How should I be handling this? I want us just to close our eyes all over this room. If you're here right now and you need to hear God's voice on some things in your life, or maybe you have not heard God's voice in the past and you want to hear God's voice, I want you to lift your hand all over this room. You're saying, I wanna have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. I wanna get a greater sensitivity in my ear to hear His voice. I wanna be in sync with the director of my life. I wanna know what He's speaking to me. With every hand that's raised, I want you to just leave your seat. Come and step down towards this altar, just as a step towards God's presence. As Samuel got closer to the presence of God, he heard God's voice. God is speaking to you and he's saying, listen up. 
I've got direction for you. I'm going to help you navigate through this season. Just like a GPS system. He's going to be that voice in your car saying, turn left, turn right. And when you miss a turn, he's going to say, recalibrating. I've got another turn to get you back on the right track. You might have missed it in that relationship. You might have missed it in that sin. But I forgive you and I'm going to get you back on track in this season right now that's painful for you. Some of you are in a painful season right now. Some of you are in a slow season. God says, I have wisdom for you. In Proverbs, I've got strategy for you. I've got ideas for you. It's not just going to speed up everything, but I'm telling you, I can save you a lot of heartache. And I can help you through the tears to navigate the season that you're in. I can help you as a dad right now that's tired. I can help you as a mom right now that's dealing with guilt and shame. I can help you as a single right now searching for your spouse. I can help you. I want to help you with who you're dating. I want to help you with your bound. I want to speak into those areas in your life. Are you listening to what God is speaking? Lord, I thank you that right now you are downloading in people's hearts and their minds confirmation in their spirit, peace on that relationship, peace on that financial decision. God, wisdom on their investments, wisdom on their time management, scheduling, priorities, relationships, family, work, friendships, roommates, God, how to handle certain conversations with people. God, I thank you that you're going to speak to them, that they're going to feel a prompting. It won't be a loud, audible voice in their ear, but it'll be an internal voice in their heart. The ears of their spirit will feel it on the inside. There'll be a peace in their heart that the voice of God is saying, yes, move forward with that. Yes. No, don't do that. Yes, speak that. God, I pray, Lord, that we would be sensitive to your voice. And God, I thank you, Lord, that you would deliver people out of wrong situations, deliver people out of decisions they've made that they feel like they could never get out of. Lord, that today would be a day of freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God, I thank you that you're speaking to them on every decision they're making. Let's just pray together. Say, Jesus, I'm all yours. My ears are yours. I want to hear your voice and obey your voice. I repent of doing things my way, and I receive your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus that I am a child of God. I hear your voice and I follow it. And I'm walking in victory. And my best days are right in front of me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you, victory. God bless you.